Hello everyone and welcome to a special bonus episode of Saturn Returns where I am joined by one of our brand partners for this season and I'm sure you guys would have heard it and that is Sensate. And for those that don't know, Sensate is this incredible device that allows you to really unwind. It's very meditative and it's a practice that you can keep with you at all times. You can carry it around. It's very discreet and it essentially pairs up with the Bluetooth on your phone and it vibrates along to the music. So you have the music in your ears, you have the Sensate on your chest and it just calms your whole nervous system down. It's an incredible creation. I actually approached them because I was like, this is perfect for Saturn Returns. And so I wanted to get someone on from the brand to really explain it so we could all understand it a little bit better, myself included. So today I am joined by Michelle, who works for Sensate. I hope you enjoy learning a little bit about our brand sponsors. And if those of you feel interested in exploring it further it makes for a great christmas present and i know that that's something i would like to get for christmas so yeah i hope you enjoy this bonus episode between myself and michelle well michelle welcome to the saturn returns podcast how are you today i'm excellent i'm so excited to be here with you i feel like you're quite a similar energy to me in that there's a bit of like chaotic <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the the startup energy is strong with this one so um i think if you want to have a perfectly regimented extremely predictable schedule then working in a tech startup is not for you it's not for you yeah <laughs> tell me about it but um, for the audience that doesn't know would you be able to introduce yourself a little bit who you are i know we're going to be talking about sensate but in your own words i always think it's useful Oh, absolutely. Uh, My name is Michelle. I actually hail from America, but I've lived over here in the UK longer than I've lived in the States actually now. Um, And uh, to that chaotic energy, I started out with a lot of not-for-profit work and a lot of events management. So you get to be kind of a jack of all trades, a Swiss army knife kind of employee. So, (laughs) and that, that really suits a startup. So it's been a very exciting sort of four or five years with Sensate. So all I can say is I thank my lucky stars that we make a stress reducing technology because I lean on it a lot. Yeah, because just for, for the audience that like might not have been listening, we've been working with you guys on the podcast. I can't remember how I discovered it, but I am obsessed with it. I would love to know about how the kind of concept came to be, whose idea was it? what was it sort of based on and what is the technology based on? Because I'd probably be better if you put it in your words because I feel like when I try and explain it to people, like I had it at a retreat recently and I was going on, everyone was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. But it's a very unique concept. Well, it was invented by uh, Sensei co-founder Stefan uh, Schmelik and he's an integrated medicine physician. So Obviously, his lifelong energy and passion has been put into, you know, looking at that holistic health overview of any person. Uh, And so obviously, a lot of Eastern and Western medicine traditions coming together. Uh, Certainly, he has himself a long history of meditation. Um, Mm. And it's interesting to look at, I think, the story arc of meditation now. 
um, we all have these smartphones and our brains are pinging away like mad. And he did actually notice that when he was, you know, prescribing mindfulness and meditation practices alongside other practices in the body that people started to struggle to achieve. They started to struggle to, to focus, to set time aside, to feel successful in meditation was becoming more and more challenging. And, you know, he had a wonderful technology he was using, which was a sound-based therapy, which was a large bed um, and playing wonderful low infrasonic, you know, sound into the body. The body responds extremely well to sound. It's how we experience the world when we were first in utero um, was through sound as vibration, which is, of course, what sound is. Um, And so we know that sound is hugely healing for the body, right? People have been Mm -hmm umming and umming and chanting for absolute millennia. Um, I think the big brainwave was actually miniaturizing this technology because a giant sound bed in a Harley Street clinic is not going to make impact in this world. We need something that's smaller and scalable and reach people where they are. And so that's how the Sensate was born. It's this tiny way of delivering all of that rich, deep sound into the center of the body. And that's what our patent is for. The patent is for the entry of sound uh, into the body through the chest bone, the sternum here. What specific area on your body is it supposed to go to and why? You definitely want to put it here on your sternum. Uh, I do a lot of demos and, you know, delighted to humiliate myself at every opportunity. I'm never knowingly dignified. You want to put it on your chest where you would do a bit of a comedy Tarzan where you feel like you really get that resonance. And then the sensate's going to sit right there on that sternum and just turn it on with the button there. Now, this is going to be controlled by the app, the companion app. Very important. It's very low frequency. It's intermittent Bluetooth. So it's just going to ping and kind of let the sensei in the phone know it's there. Um, And then it's going to convey the track. So this actually is able to play part of the music that's actually in the soundtrack. So the soundscape that you're hearing in your ears is actually also being accompanied by this. This is an instrument, one of the instruments in the band, if you will. Uh, And that's what makes it so amazing, right? Is that you, your body now is part of the music. You're part of this wonderful orchestration. And that resonance goes all the way through the chest. You know, your ribs, of course, come around your chest cavity. And that's like the body of an acoustic guitar. And what is it actually doing to the body Mm. when it's vibrating that wonderful vibrational sound resonance that's going through the chest is actually soothing your nervous system Uh, so the closest thing to this in nature is a cat cats have a sensate built right in from the day they're born and they're able to purr on command and they also do purr when they're upset or sick or ill uh, and they're able to self-soothe so if you think about that self-soothing concept What's difficult about meditation and so many other uh, somatic and sound-based practices or even mindfulness is just that people often turn to those practices when they're upset. That's Mm -hmm. a terrible time to try and learn how to meditate. So if you can just bring this sound to you, it doesn't matter what state of mind you're in. That's what's, I think, quite special. All we ask you to commit to, hold still for 10 minutes. Just listen. 
your mind can go in a thousand different directions. There's no judgment here. You really can't fail at sensating. And I think that's what's quite special. Um, we typically notice that people will do that physiological sigh. I think that's coming up quite a lot on social media right now. I know Andrew Huberman's talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that physiological sigh that will trigger when your body shifts out of fight, flight, freeze and into rest and digest. You do that wonderful sigh and you're like, oh, amazing. Uh, and we'll notice that people typically do that anywhere between five, sort of five to seven minutes in a sensate session. So. I gravitate towards it when I'm feeling a bit more anxious or mm-hmm. I'm feeling slightly sleep deprived or something's happened. And it's just, I find it very calming on my nervous system when I have mm-hmm. been activated by something. Is that yeah. an okay way to be using it? I think absolutely. Um, It's a little bit adaptogenic in that, you know, this is meant to act on your nervous system and your vagus nerve, right? So your vagus nerve is... Yeah, can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. I mean, it's wonderful, right? But it is a little bit binary. So it's it's kind of unhelpful that the vagus nerve will throw us into fight, flight, freeze when we have too many emails or maybe we've had a disagreement with somebody or we have to give a speech. I did a sensate session before this podcast because I get a bit nervous, actually. I find public speaking really stressful. Um, I can be gregarious in my personal life, but if I feel the weight of public speaking responsibility, then I need to focus. And so what's amazing is that if you can buy yourself that bit of time where you have that physiological side where you can realize that you've managed to kind of arrest that you've you've stopped that cascading anxiety that you're talking about we can stop that um and the sensei will catch that the wonderful vibrations actually will tend to bring a stop to whatever the vagus nerve is running away with uh, because it isn't tigers i'm doing a podcast i am not about to be eaten by giant carnivorous animals um and a lot of what the vagus nerve was originally there to protect us from, it's now overreacting to. Um, so the constant stimulation you have all through the course of the day with all of your anxieties and emails and meetings and bills come due or, you know, even sometimes you can have a really exciting, great day, but you still need to calm down and center so that you can go to sleep properly at night, as an mm-hmm. example. So you might have had the best day ever but your body's still pinging away. So, you know, being able to reach that really wonderful, calm, foundational, basic state, uh, that's quite priceless, I think. Yeah, I think I think you just hit the nail on the head. At the moment, more than ever before, I think people are struggling with sleep because they aren't having that time between screens mm. and emails. It's because there's, we're constantly feeling like we have to be available on every platform at all times yeah. to everybody and the demand for sort of getting back to people and everything and it can make your whole nervous system go into sort of disarray so you don't actually have that time like we historically yeah. would where you are actually kind of switching off from the work day and can unwind yeah. it's sort of like constantly overstimulated so would you say that this can be helpful for people that might struggle with getting into that more calming state Absolutely. You can kind of pick and choose when to use it as well, because, you know, it sounds a bit snake oil to say like, oh, it's good for everything. But it is because your vagus nerve is also good for everything. 
So if I find that I'm tired in the morning, like I've had a bit of a restless sleep, then I might do it first thing in the morning just to kind of gather my thoughts and focus and set my intentions and get a grip on myself. Um, I personally find my afternoons are really difficult energy wise. I start my day pretty early. People are going to wake up on the West Coast in America. I'm here in London. They're going to be ready to rock and roll at about 4 p.m. when I'm exhausted. Um, and I'm I'm terrible at napping, absolutely terrible at napping. I just lay there getting progressively more furious that I haven't fallen asleep in this little power nap I've set aside for myself. So I use that to replace afternoon napping. I do, we've got 10, 20, and 30 minute sessions and I pick a 20 minute one, lay down, and sometimes I even think about the next project on my list because, you know, fight, flight, freeze is a terrible place for flow state. You are, you lose executive function. You are not creative. You're not collaborative. You're selfish, grouchy. You can sometimes, this is where people are all wound up and then they regret having lashed out or snapped at mm -hmm. people. It's not a positive place to be. So if you want to be collaborative and creative and you feel like you're in the zone, you know, when people are like, oh, I was just in the zone today. I had the best ideas. And there's a lot of ways to do that, right? You can go for walks. People do ice baths. There's a huge array of things that you do. And you were just saying, you know, you really turn to sensei if you're feeling particularly anxious. And that's fine. You know, have an intervention with something that does the work for you. Totally makes sense to me. Uh, if it's a day where I'm feeling particularly full of fortitude and focus already, then that might be a day that I really lean into my meditation practice because I'm I'm feeling really up for it. If it's a day I'm feeling particularly <laughs> struggling with everything, then yeah, I think having this little ally that's going to do it for me and get me to the point where I can then even engage in my other practices is really useful. I guess it's just about having those tools, isn't it? Like you say, mm -hmm. whether it's knowing to be off your screen, go out in nature. Mm -hmm. On the yeah. fight, flight, freeze, would you say from your observation doing this work that this is something that's like an, a sort of become a normalized state for people to be operating from on a daily basis as they go about their lives? Right you can kind of pull together different threads of an array of data, right? So we know pretty conclusively, and this is before the pandemic, that about 75% of all doctors visits in America, the UK and Australia, in the particular study I pulled together, um, are caused by stress-related illnesses and issues, yes. right? That is awful. That would indicate for sure that we are just operating with this constant pinging, like at least low key stress. And frankly, you know, that's a representation of human unhappiness as well, because it's not just a positive stress like, oh, I'm under a bit of pressure. I'm going to perform well at work. This is that miserable chronic anxieties um, that chips away at you. And I think it leaves you really floating in a little soup of stress hormones, you know, being constantly flooded with adrenaline and cortisol isn't good for the body. We know this leads to uh, inflammation and to a whole host of other illnesses. And of course, also impacts your sleep. You know, we all have our different foundational thing where I feel like, actually, if I start to solve my sleep, this is really going to be the thing, I think, that mm -hmm. sets me up to, to be healthy in a lot of different areas. And, you know, that happens to be my personal opinion. Um, I know I eat less healthily if I've had terrible sleep. 
Um, mm -hmm. I make all sorts of different choices during the day to keep myself going if my sleep has been really poor. That's the thing, right? So we have these cascading reactions and all those stress hormones in your body. Um, so yeah, it's become the new normal, to your point. We're just, we're too triggered by everything. We've got all of these devices that are clamoring for our attention. I think that's probably one of the positives about Sensei is that, yeah, it is connected to this device and this technology that everybody's using at the moment. This That is the product we have, but this is how to reach people right now. We're not going to get rid of trains, automobiles, and airplanes anytime soon either. It doesn't matter if they're positive or negative. You have to meet people where they are with mm -hmm. something that is going to give them practical and frankly, immediate help. Do you think that people mm. are addicted to the stress? I don't know. I think that's Definitely a possibility. Uh, we, you know, the team just recently went to a really incredible conference in Oxford University, uh, the Oxford Masters Series, uh, and it was on trauma. And I think, yeah, people get in this comfort zone. Like we forget, we just don't know different, right? Mm -hmm. We're just like, oh, this is how life is. Like when I started getting better sleep, oh my God, it was such a revelation. I don't think I realized I've been getting terrible sleep before. I just adjusted to the fact like, oh, this is how you feel now. And was it because I was 40 and now I'm 50? Was it because I just have stressful jobs and I don't handle my workload properly? You know, a lot of this inner talk isn't necessarily very constructive. And then I finally started to interrupt these patterns where I'm up half the night and feeling panicked about things all the time and I notice a really big difference and you know I take Sensate for granted a lot because I work here and you know I just went through a pretty pressurized few weeks last month and I kind of stopped doing it because I get a little cocky I think oh yeah I've nailed it but that's not how that works either right so you know if going to the gym once or twice got me super fit then I wouldn't go like, back but that isn't how it works thing. right and that's what's nice I think about working with the sensei is I get to see this amazing kind of breakthrough moment in people's faces when they demo the sensei for the first time. That is super exciting. And it is like an intervention to your point about like, I turn to this if I'm feeling a bit unreachable or this is my, I'm so anxious. I can't even think about any of my other practices right now. But if you continue using it, then you start to build up strengths in other areas. So it is a little bit like getting more toned at the gym or any other practice that you engage in with consistency begins to show real actual foundational results in your body or in your mind. Well, I guess it goes to show that these things are all habitual practices. And just like we can have some negative ones. And, you know, when I say are we addicted to stress, I think it is that. Mm that neural pathway is so well worn that it's like, okay, this is how life is. This is how I operate. This yeah. is how I get things done. If I'm not mm -hmm. on this fight or flight mode, then nothing's going to happen. And you can then yeah. get, like you say, it becomes your new normal. And then you have to start incorporating these daily, I like to call them daily disciplines that are the things that actually calm our system nice. down, that bring us down to a sort of baseline that isn't an anxiety inducing feeling. And um, it's just figuring out what those things are and what your sort of like boundaries around technology or using it in a positive way so that you don't feel like you're constantly over flooding yourself with information yeah. or pressure 
to be everywhere at all times. And it sounds like, you know, and I think a lot of people will relate to what you said about the waking up in the night. I fortunately am not one of those people. My mother is, and she's, you know, she'll have to start writing things down at like 4am to mm -hmm. kind of get it out of her head. But that can yeah. be a painful thing because like you say, sleep is so foundational to our health holistically and it impacts sure. our mental well-being, the decisions we make that then have a sort of snowball effect and really mm -hmm. can implicate everything. So I think that that in itself is such a an important thing for people to really address because it can be so transformative. It absolutely can. And I think giving yourself a little moment of pause, how am I going to react to this? Because, and this is just me speaking personally, I often feel quite controlled by all of my devices and notifications and some of it's mm -hmm. coming from the best possible place, right? You know, I, I feel responsible to my colleagues and my friends and, uh, you know, I want to be connected to everybody. They're scattered all around the world. Um, and sometimes I realize that I've gotten really reactive and I'm not thinking. So like I pick up the phone or I answer a message in the middle of the night and am I even giving people like the best possible version of my answer or my attention? Of course not. And so it's just... I think empowering yourself, taking that moment of pause back to yourself rather than just being controlled by everything and being like, okay, no, no, wait a minute. How am I going to respond in this moment? Because we're realizing that, you know, whilst technology has exploded in a very short space of time, our capacity hasn't. And we are trying to keep up with something that's just not it's not sustainable and it's not realistic. And then when you no. start feeling like you aren't, you're constantly failing, really. You feel that sort of sense of like, of I haven't got back to those people. I haven't done this. My to-do list is never ending. And in turn, we kind of, it's this perpetuating thing of feeling more and more stressed because we're always just mm -hmm. keeping our head above water, barely. You know, I think it's more important than ever for people to have that personal sovereignty of going... This is what I'm capable of doing today. And I'm going to make myself mm -hmm. the number one priority so that I can give from a full cup and not just sort of giving people fragmented versions of me <laughs> that aren't my that aren't my best representations. So I'm trying to practice this myself. And I think, you know, carving out these moments. And I guess what's really clever about Sensei as well is that it's it's acknowledging that people are glued to their devices, but actually bringing something mm -hmm. that benefits your physicality as well as having that sort of meditative mm -hmm. practice as well. I think the tangible physiological experience and even just experiencing touch, we launched the Sensei at the beginning of the pandemic, actually. So it was in those first few months and people were getting locked in their houses and feeling really stressed out uh, or alone mm -hmm. and just feeling that low key dread all of the time. So being able to make and produce and sell something that could reach people through the mail, that was this wonderful gesture of care, you know, being able to feel something on your chest, being able to focus, being able to feel better in that moment was, again, quite priceless. 
um, it's interesting because we we notice that a lot of people give them as gifts. And to me, that's one of the most telling and lovely things, because you only do that if you really think this is going to help my friend, this is going to help my mom, but in a really material way. It's not just pretty. It doesn't just do the coolest, newest, flashiest thing. It's actually a little bit boring looking, which is somewhat by intention. The original inspiration for its physical appearance and even its feel was just to look kind of like a Zen sort of river stone. It's meant to look simple. It's not flashy. It does not do anything interesting aside from bring all this wonderful sound into your chest so that you feel better. That's what really matters. Um, So some people are like, but what does it do? I'm like, nothing. You cannot write on it. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't send messages to people. It makes you feel better. It's uh, this is whole new technology. So um, but also the oldest technology, right? So humming and chanting and that calming, soothing vibration. And like, we know people are like, my baby wouldn't stop crying Mm. and I was going to lose my mind. And so I drove it around the block, right? They drive their baby in the car because that will take the baby off I actually wanted to ask you, whilst I don't have children, what is the sort of, are you able to use these on children or not? Yeah, I don't have children either, but um, Stefan, our co-founder, has certainly always used it on his children for sure. And I think, you know, we haven't tested on children. A lot of this is now based around what the app even rules are for like having an iCloud account, I think is 13. So we do say uh, we haven't tested on people with pacemakers, pregnant people or small children, which is accurate, but we don't really have any contraindications to Sensei. It is a Bluetooth speaker in effect. So if you have sound uh, sensitivity, any kind of oral sensitivity, we of course, there are people who have hearing aids who do it without their headphones in uh, where that would cause problems. Um, mm-hmm. So there's some area around sound sensitivity and, and accessibility, but it is sound, which sounds both like an oversimplification and obviously how wonderful that sound is something so effective. Is there anything else you'd like to add as a final note for our listeners before we go? No, I think just to keep everybody keep hunting. Like, I feel like we're all learning right now. Everybody is learning and we just need to kind of put our best angels into this into this search for how we're going to look after each other and and ourselves. Earlier, you were talking about, like, how do I kind of focus myself so I can cope. And it's that putting your own oxygen mask on right first so that you can help everybody around you. You know, we all have people around us who need us um, and we're all going to have different things who work for us. So uh, different, you know, methodologies that work to help. I think the best thing that's come out of the last few years is everybody sharing about mental Mm -hmm. health journeys and how, what tools they're using and being more open about it or saying, I need a break today. (laughs) that's okay take that time for yourself so I I love that people are opening up a little bit more about their journeys I think listening to some of the other podcasts like Stephen Bartlett's Diary of a CEO I think is really exciting listening to all these people be super brutally honest and vulnerable about their journeys to me that that kind of movement has been Mm -hmm. really incredible positive well thank you so much Michelle for joining me and for sharing a little bit more information about Sensei, I will put the links for everyone if they're interested to kind of explore it a little bit further. But um, thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you too. Take care.